good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center as we continue our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Wormack. <coughs> Excuse me. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. And we're going to be doing our Bible study together. Uh, actually, I forgot to check with my wife. I always check with her before exactly where we are at. I believe we're in Chapter 3, uh, titled God Speaking. I was right. And once in a while, I get it, get it right. Anyway, um, just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we thank you for our, our partners who have partnered with us financially on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. <coughs> so, you know, effortless change. If you, this might be new to you. Uh, uh, if you haven't followed us already before, it has a lot to do with being in God's Word. And the parable of the sower is going to be one of our main contexts, uh, main, yeah, main contexts to our texts as we go forward. You know, there's a, the Bible does say that we labor to enter in His rest. And that sounds like an oxymoron. How can you labor to enter into rest? Labor and rest seem to be opposites. You know, uh, the seed of God's word does all the work. But we have to labor to get enter into rest. We need to trust God. We need to rely on God. We need to abide in Him, resting in Him. But sometimes we have to labor to get into that rest, to enter into that rest, to that state of rest. It's a state of mind. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a, um, you know, uh, and I believe if you will abide in Him, and His Word abides in you, his word, his nature, his life, his spirit will effortlessly, on your part, change your life. Our life is not changed by our performance, it's changed by his performance. But we have to labor, we have to put our effort is to trust him, to rely on him, to have a relationship with him. And as we have a relationship with him, he, not us, in us, changes our life. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20, uh, 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 It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Now we have to labor to get into that state of mind, but and we have to die daily to, 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 for that to take place. But it's Christ living in us. If we allow Christ to live in us, then he's doing all the effort, not us. Now, our effort is just letting him, Christ, rule in our hearts and reign in our hearts. Uh, you know, and uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot to be said about that. I'm not going to teach the book for him. Um, anyway, so Sherry's going to read for us. She's going to narrate, and then uh, uh, we will go from there. So we're, uh, if you have a book, those who are following with us, we're, excuse me, we're in chapter 3. God speaking. Last chapter we just talked about is meditating on God's word. And this time we're going to talk about God speaking. <coughs> and we'll see uh, how that goes. And just so you know, if we have a little four-legged creature joining us tonight, we are puppy training. We just got a new puppy named Gracie. And uh, anyway, so she might be entertaining us a little bit tonight. So anyway. God isn't wringing his hands and wondering how he can pull a situation out for you. There is a simple solution for every person. Our biggest problem is our inability to hear God's voice. 
The way we know what God is saying is through his word. If we would get into the word of God and meditate, excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. That's what I'm talking about. She has my cord. (laughs) Drop it. Drop it. You want to read? Okay, I'm sorry. Where are we at? Sorry about that, guys. I would pick up reading that. I just wasn't paying attention. Drop it. The first section? Yes, I know. I don't know specifically where you're at. We're going to start that over, okay? God isn't wringing his hands and wondering how he can pull a situation out for you. There is a simple solution for every person. Our biggest problem is our inability to hear God's voice. The way we know what God is saying is through his word. If we would get into the word of God and meditate on it, the Lord would speak to us. He could give us wisdom and direction. I deal with all kinds of people all around the world. They vary greatly in maturity. Many of them nod their heads and tell me, We know that this is God's word and it has our answers. They say that because they know it's what they're supposed to say. But in a practical sense, most people don't really believe that they can solve their problems at work, at home, anywhere, by the word of God. In Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon described why he wrote the book that would follow. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion, Proverbs 1, verses 2 through 4. Solomon said that the book of Proverbs was meant to give wisdom to the simple and understanding to those who don't have any. Then he spoke about the good this wisdom and understanding will bring you, and how bad it will, and the excuse me, and the bad it will help you avoid. The truths contained in the book of Proverbs alone will instruct you concerning all kinds of things. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Proverbs eighteen sixteen. This verse isn't talking about just your talents and abilities. Literally, it's speaking of a gift, a present given to a person. The negative side of this truth is a bribe. It's easy to understand how a bribe can affect people and change things. Yet gifts have tremendous potential for positive influence as well. Another proverb says, Cast out the scorner and contention will go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall shall cease. Proverbs 22.10 I've applied this in my own ministry. When there are problems among people, go to the person who is the root of it. Cast out the scorner, the critical person who is stirring everything up, and contention, strife, and reproach will cease. Okay, sorry about that, guys. I know we're still puppy training, and it's just going to take a little while to get adjusted with this new new adventure for us. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, I know I was majorly distracted about this. Anything we share? Let's get started, Sherry. Well, I, I know Andrew is bringing out wisdom and basically wisdom to live out life um, and that God has a solution for every situation we can find ourselves in. And he starts out with getting wisdom. And the only way we can get wisdom is if we seek him and get him into his word. 
And then he brings out the verse in Proverbs 18:16, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And I was as I was reading, I was trying to come up with an example so that you would kind of understand what was going on and I'll have Dave comment on this if if I'm off track, but it reminded me of uh, Jacob and Esau, who had a falling out because Jacob had had stolen Esau's birthright, and they had to flee and go to some far off kin uh, to be to escape from Esau's wrath, and when Jacob came back he made sure to to send gifts ahead of him to prepare the way so that when he did meet his brother that maybe that wrath would not be there when they finally met face to face and and it and it did help and i believe that was god giving jacob wisdom yes he was in fear because of not knowing what his his brother was going to do but um it was one way to uh, for reconciliation. Another example is when Solomon himself was renowned throughout the world for his wisdom and his wealth. The queen of, I believe, Sheba uh, came to him because she wanted to meet this man. And even even though King Solomon had all this wealth greater than any but one on earth, she still brought gifts. Uh, to to give to him because of you know making that that way um, for her for her to, to meet him and I'm sorry I'm not reading the context I mean the, the verse for verse on on this story um, and, and it actually turns out where she met Solomon but he ended up giving her gifts uh, as well uh, for visiting him um, but you know there's there's wisdom in certain things and yes there's the opposite side of giving a gift as the the negative aspect of a bribe but um we had we had a young couple come to a bible study one time obviously before covid they had just moved back uh, to california from going to Karis bible college and they brought a gift they brought us andrew's Proverbs book, which I had been secretly wanting for a while um, during the time we just weren't uh, spending uh, for um, as much as possible. But it was so sweet. I mean, we wanted to be a blessing to them, but they ended up blessing us by giving us Andrew's book on Proverbs. We also had another guest from her country. It is the the right thing to do when you go into someone's home is to give them a gift. So she brought uh, a gift of, of tea, which was very, very sweet. So anyway, again, I'm uh, sorry for our distractions tonight with our little puppy training. But, you know, you know, just talk about wisdom. I mean, I could talk hours about this. Paul, I mean, so, uh, King Solomon, who is known as the wisest man who ever lived, according to Scripture, you know, wrote the book of Proverbs. He wrote some other books as well. But in the book of Proverbs, he talks about how fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, it's not talking about being afraid of God. He's talking about reverencing God. He's talking about trusting God. He's talking about 
having faith in God. And that's the beginning of wisdom. That's just the very beginning of it. And so we have to learn how to trust God. We have to learn how to fear Him, not men, not circumstances. And so, uh, you know, it's the beginning of wisdom. In the book of James, James compares two kinds of wisdom. There's a wisdom that's earthly, essential, and he calls it demonic, versus a wisdom that's from above. There's two kinds of wisdom. You know, and Andrew brings out a couple of different things here just to, to begin, you know, uh, you know, he talks about how in Proverbs how a man, uh, and I've done a teaching on, uh, he talked about from Proverbs 1, 2, and 4, uh, what I call the seven pillars of wisdom, and I actually get that teaching from Dwayne Sheriff, and uh, I've taught on that before. And, uh, but, uh, uh, and then in, Pro- in Proverbs uh, 18 to 16, He, um, excuse me, he says, A man's gift make it way for him and bring it him before great man. Andrew's actually taught on this quite a bit in other, other teachings and whatnot. And, uh, you know, uh, there's just, there's just so many ways. There, I, I guess one of the things I want to just summarize is that there's a way that we can trust God or we can trust man. And God's ways are higher than man's ways and, and, and whatnot. And we just need to, to have a <clears throat> understanding where we're going to just trust God. We're not going to rely on our own, you know, the, he all, Proverbs also talks about how uh, we don't lean on our own understanding all of our ways we acknowledge Him. And, uh, we, you know, if we're going to see effortless change, this is kind of, I think, where, where I want to get to in this first section. If we're going to see effortless change, we need to have a lifestyle. We need to have a mindset where we are trusting God, not ourselves, not our flesh, not our own intuition. Not that Satan can't, I mean, the Holy Spirit can't inspire that. But we need to trust God. And uh, if we're going to see effortless change, if we're going to see God change us and change our circumstances and rule and reign in our hearts, you know, the Bible says, and Paul says in Romans chapter 8, to be naturally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We need to be uh, spiritually minded. We need to trust God. And we need to rely on God. We need to have a relationship with Him and His Word. Um, You know, Sometimes in doing that, we also need, you know, he talks about here at the end, uh, cast out the scorner, thing in contention, she'll go out, out and strife, reproach, and she'll cease. It also says back to James, I just quoted from there from a minute ago, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil, evil work. We need, and he, uh, Solomon says that we need to cast out the scorner. What I get out of that is there's, there's some voices that we need to cast out. We don't need their influence. A lot of that, for me, has to do with social media, uh, the media itself. Uh, and there's some other people uh, who sometimes find a way in our lives. And we need to cast that out. And we need to not, not have a relationship with that. You know? And so we're not trying to be mean, but there's some voices we don't need to entertain. The God's Word and the relationship with God should be our most dominant voice. Our most dominant. He should be our Lord. He should be our Master. You know, sometimes when we talk about Jesus as Lord, He's our Lord, sometimes people think we're getting back at the performance. I, you know, who are you trusting? Are you trusting yourself? 
Are you trusting God? Are you trusting others? And we need to trust Him. Jesus is my Lord. Sickness is not my Lord. I'm not going to submit to that. Lack is not my Lord, and we're in effortless change. Uh, 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 just trying to think, you know, uh, my circumstances is not my Lord. Uh, acceptance is not my Lord. My emotions is not my Lord. Uh, you know, Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to trust Him. And, 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 and there's so many different things that we can get into. Um, you know, um, I'm kind of taking this a little different way than Andrew, I think, was going here at the beginning, but I think he's setting the stage for a point he's going to make later on in the chapter. You know, it's just, uh, uh, that's something that, you know, I have to come to that. I just know me. I have to come to this conclusion almost daily. Who am I trusting? Who am I relying? You know, sometimes when I'm in a situation, and it can ask, it can happen instantly. You know, uh, I can be on the freeway. I get frustrated in traffic. I can go to the store and get a rude service by <coughs> rude customer service or whatnot, and and my emotions get flared up. You know, uh, some I can get some news and I can get sad. I, someone can reject me and I can get sad, depressed, or angry. And I have a choice. Am I going to let my emotions be my Lord? Or, or am I going to feel the Lord? Trust Him. And, 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 and uh, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about effortless change. And we're talking about God speaking in this chapter. And I need to be the place where God is the number one voice in my life. Not my emotions, not my circumstances. Not other people, but God. So, um, anything you want to add, Sherry? I do, and I'm looking at a verse. I, I thought it was in Hebrews, and I, I'm not finding it. Um, but there, there's a... Man, I thought it was... Oh, it's in Second Corinthians. That's why I couldn't find it in Hebrews. In in Second uh, Corinthians 10, um, verses 5... You know, it, it, it talks about cast, uh, I want to see where I want to start. He, he, he starts out talking in, sec, in verse 2 of 2 Corinthians 10 um, about walking according to the flesh. Then in verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And to me, it goes with what Dave was saying and, and Andrew too, about who is Lord. And Andrew bringing out, you know, to get wisdom, we need to be in God's word. We need to have a relationship with with him and Dave brought out you know who who we associate with you know we are to to be a witness to all the world that is Jesus uh, mandate for believers uh, before he he ascended but Dave's point he was bringing out was we need to be careful about what voices we listen to so yes we are to be a witness to all the earth but what are we feeding on? What voices are we 
it could be our own thought process, like in Second Corinthians. It, it could be the negative things around us, um, other people being um, being negative and speaking negativity, and we take those those words to heart. But uh, Andrew and and Dave and I are basing off of the Word of God that not only is Jesus Lord, but we need to watch out like in second corinthians 10 about you know what is the spiritual warfare we're, we're coming against and and what thoughts are we allowing to be strongholds in our life when we allow sickness or negativity uh or offense to be lord versus jesus you know we're not going to have victory but when we allow Jesus to be Lord, when we let the Word of God rule and reign in our heart, then we will have victory. Okay, let's go ahead and read some more. Let's get some more territory here. We're in chapter 3, by the way. Effortless change. Chapter 3 will be in, uh, I think, the second section here, uh, entitled uh, Perfect Representation. Through God's Word, you can learn how to deal with people. You can gain wisdom if you're a boss, an employee, or a salesperson. If you are a parent and you're struggling with your children, there's a wealth of information in the Bible. I have yet to run across a problem in life for which the Word of God doesn't provide an answer. And if you will take this Word, meditate on it, and put this knowledge on the inside of you, then the Holy Spirit will, at the appropriate time, quicken things to you and show you what to do. God speaks to me, God speaks to me this way. This is what makes my life tick. What has changed my life is my love for the Word of God. I have sometimes faced criticism from people who say, You love the Word of God more than you love God? I don't separate the two. Jesus is the Word made flesh who dwelt among us. John 1 verse 14. When I refer to the Word, I am not talking about just a physical book. You could tear a page out of the Bible, even a whole book, but you haven't changed the Word of God. The words contained in the Bible perfectly represent the heart of God. When I read the Word, I'm not reading a book about God. This is the Lord writing to me. Even some of these things that were said thousands of years ago to other people, He speaks to me afresh today. And I don't have a lot to say on there. Just uh, I think Andrew said it well. You know, the Word of God is. It's not an it. It's not the ink. It's a person. His name is Jesus. The Word of God. And when I'm reading the Word of God, and I know that's, that's a little hard for us to understand a little bit, but when I'm reading the Word of God, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in relationship. I'm having, I can have, in other words, I can have a relationship with the Word of God. And some people just that that's just a foreign concept because they don't. How do you have a relationship with a book? Because they see it as a book. I don't see it as a book. I see it as a person, and I can love the Word of God. I, you know, it can talk to me, and I can talk to it. How do you talk to the Word of God? You know, back in high school, I was in my sophomore year in high school, and uh, I grew up in a good Christian home. I grew up reading the Word of God. But I did it, you know, in my mind, I did it religiously. I did it because I should. That was a good start, even though my attitude was a little off and my my motive was a little off. 
But, you know, <coughs> uh, at least I was getting the Word of God in me. And so I, I applaud that. But at some point, and I, 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 you know, and I, there's a whole long story. I don't, I'm trying to make it short. That's why I'm struggling. Um, but I, there was a time in my life, and between my freshman, around my freshman year, my sophomore year, in between, where I was just bored. I was bored with life. I'm a high schooler. I didn't have anything going on. My brother was getting off to get ready to go to college. Uh, my parents were working. Uh, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have a girlfriend. Uh, I didn't have anything, and I was just bored. My, I remember my grandmother used to say all the time, that's your favorite word, bored. And I wasn't trying to be negative, but I was just bored. You can only do the jigsaw puzzle so many times. You can only do something so many times. I was just bored. You know, the only thing I was do was watch TV, and I was getting sick of that. You know, and I wasn't into a lot of things that my peers were into, you know. And I didn't, you know, anyway, there was a lot going on. And I remember going to the library one day, and I'm not a library person. My wife loved library. I mean, we'll drive, her, drive down the street, and she'll go, Library! You know, and, and uh, you know, and I could care less about the library. They have books in there. And she goes, that's why I like it. And I go, and I go, it's too quiet in there. You know, I used to do my homework with the music on. Uh, you know, uh, worship songs, at least math. I could think better with, with that, but some things I couldn't do with, with a lot I could. Anyway, I'm getting so many rabbit trails here. But I, I was I was in the library one day, and I was just looking at the titles. I wasn't pointing into books. I was just looking at the titles. I was so bored. I'm going down the shelves just looking at the titles, you know. And uh, one book caught my eye. I read the book, and it was okay. But the title caught my attention. And it said, Lord, make my life count. Something clicked in me. Like, Lord, that's the cry of my heart. I want my life to count for something, for somebody, for something. I want to do something. I want to have a purpose. And there was actually a revival going on in our church at the time. It was just starting. But a revival was going on at my school at the time. And a lot of my peers were meeting down at the football field at lunchtime. And I wasn't showing up and that bothered me. And it bothered me I wasn't showing up. And I couldn't figure out why I didn't want to go. And I was intrigued by it. And I was, I was feeling guilty not going. But something was keeping me from going. And I, I remember going home that night, and it was the first time I ever have an intimate relationship with God. And he said, I said, Lord, why am I this way? You know, and, and I know there were some reasons. I'm not going to go into all of all that right now. But what I want to get to is what he told me. And this is the first time I remember having a conversation with God. I read my Bible for years, but I never remember having a relationship with God till that night. And that night, I had two reading programs. I was reading my Bible. <coughs> and God told me to read the first one. And, and it was the Jeremiah 20, 20, uh, uh, I try, try to remember which one went first. But it was, I believe it was, uh, uh, Jeremiah, no, it was, uh, it was Matthew 633. That was the first one. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I said, you say, seek me. Well, what do you mean, seek you? What does that look like? He says, well, read the next verse that you're supposed to read for today from a different Bible reading program. And this one was Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. 
Then you will call upon me, you will, you will pray to me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And there's that word seek again. <coughs> and I said, what do you mean seek you with all your my heart? What does that look like? And God knew my, my three biggest prayers at that time, and they're still my biggest prayers today except for one of them. My biggest prayers at that time was I wanted friends. I wanted that girlfriend. And the th third one kind of went with it, I, I, which kind of was this book that I title I read. I want my life account. Now, I found the girlfriend, <laughs> so I'm not pursuing that anymore. But I, I have always been pursuing friends. That's always been the cry of my heart. I, I don't remember a time when that wasn't. Um, and uh, the other one, I want my life to be a, have a purpose and whatnot. But what I want to get to, and I, I'm going to end this testimony. It's an awesome testimony. But God, God told me, He says, when, when you when you go to when you read the Bible, you don't you just read it to get it done and mark it off your checklist. He says, I want you to when you before you even open the book, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me, minister to me. And He says, when you read, I want you to read like you've never read it before, and read with the anticipation you're going to learn something, find a nugget. He also gave me some other instructions about when I go to church and the pastor speaking and different things of that nature. My point was God was teaching God was teaching me how to have a relationship with His Word, not just do it religiously, but I would be almost like Samuel said, "Speak, your servant is listening." God wants to speak to us. God wants to have a relationship with us, and uh, God was teaching me how to do that. So, um, Sherry's been distracted by our dog, we, uh, and so I'm going to just go ahead and keep reading some more. The title of this section is, I'll Give You Anything. The Lord told Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the, in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest, camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. And I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nation. Some people read that and say, well, this was something written specifically to Jeremiah <coughs> over 3,000 years ago. Yet, here, you are getting excited over it as if it was written to you. I can tell you the exact time and place where God spoke that word to me. I was in an apartment in Kingsby Place Apartments in Dallas, Texas in 1973. I read those scriptures and went to bed, but couldn't couldn't fall asleep, which was very unusual for me. I, I wondered, what is going on? And all of a sudden, the presence of God manifested in that in that room. This this took place soon after Jamie and I were married, and I got up and went into our living room, and the Lord came to me. And, 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 and said, just as he had with Solomon, I'll give you anything you ask for. So I answered saying, I want the ability to speak your word effectively so that it changes people's lives. Then he touched me and led me to Jeremiah 1.5 saying, before, before I formed thee in thy belly, I knew thee. And before thou came us forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. And then he continues speaking to me, saying, Behold, 
I will make my words in thy mouth a fire, and the people, people would, and it shall devour them. Yes, God did speak these words to Jeremiah thousands of years ago, but he has also spoken to me. And they're mine. Say what you will, but the truth of the experience is working for me. I'm seeing the power of God manifest. This is an important way God has spoken to me <coughs> in my life through his word. Now that's, you know, that's, that's again, I could say the same thing. That's Jeremiah's testimony. And that's Andrew's testimony. I just shared with you my testimony, at least a portion of it. There's more I could share. There's a lot more I could share. There was another time in my senior year, junior and senior year, uh, I did a, a, a term paper on Billy Graham. <coughs> I was supposed to pick somebody, and so I picked Billy Graham. Now, there's a lot to talk about Billy Graham. But I singled my, I singled my focus on, because I, I could write a book on Billy Graham, because I studied him so much during those years. But I, I focused on where, where it all started for him, how he felt God call him into the ministry. And I was focusing on his, a little bit of his upbringing, but a little bit to how he became the Billy Graham and the Billy Graham Crusades. I was focusing on the early stages. And uh, I remember doing that term paper and uh, how and uh, Billy Graham felt the calling of God. He, he, he walked uh, in the middle of the night on, the, on, a, on a golf course, and it was on the 18th hole where he, got, he felt God's calling on his life. And he bowed his knee and he, said, he, he basically surrendered his life to, to the ministry. They are all alone on the 18th hole of a, a golf course in the middle of the night. You know, now as I was doing that, that <coughs> excuse me, that term paper on Billy Graham and hearing his testimony, I began to recognize I began to recognize God from speaking me to me in a very familiar way. I am not saying I'm the next Billy Graham. That's not what I'm saying. But God began to <coughs> I began to recognize that God was already speaking to me because there's some things that happened in, in Billy Graham's testimony that I I was already experiencing. I just never. I just never put two to two together and make four. And I, I remember there was a time there was a time during that season where I, I bowed my knee. I said, Lord, I'll go. I'll do. And I, I remember going to my counselors at school, and they asked me what I wanted to do in my life. Before that, I told them accounting or drafting were two things I thought about doing. And then I changed my answer. I want to be a pastor. And they're like, and this was a Christian school. And they said, you want to be a what? <laughs> you want to be a pastor? He goes, no, you need to do something where you're going to make some money. And I go, I go, anyway, I said, you make the money, I'm going to pastor. And, you know, uh, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. That's what I wanted to do. And, uh, and you know, it, it took me a little while to get everything to where I'm at now. But at the same point in time, you know, my I'm, what I'm trying to say is, and what we're trying to say is, we're not just talking about people getting called to ministry, Jeremiah, Andrew, Womack, Billy Graham, myself. But, you know, you can have your own testimony, how God speaks to you through the Word. And Billy Graham had his scriptures. I have my scriptures. Uh, Andrew has her, his. Uh, you know, Sherry, I could, I could go around the room and we could all share our scriptures where God just spoke to us. There's some verses that we all are very meaningful to us. <coughs> I have a lot more scriptures I could tell you about how God spoke to me through the Word. But I even had a relationship with God, and God gave me an answer through the Word. He, you know, a lot of times when I'm praying for someone who's going through something, a lot of times I'll ask them, what verse are you standing on? 
What verse are you standing on? I know you you say, I believe God and you want prayer, but what what are you holding on to? What are you standing on? Uh, I know the doctor said this, but what are you st- what verse are you standing on? You know, faith comes by hearing the word of God. <coughs> Don't have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in your prayer. Have faith in God. But what verse are you standing on? What depend on what the situation is? You know, I think we need to stand in God's word. What promise are you holding on to? Well, you know, you you, you want a healing based on what scripture? I know what the scripture says, but I want to hear from you what you are standing on. Uh, you know, because it, and usually when I don't get an answer, there's, there's no verse. They're just, in one sense, they're praying into the air, it seems like. You know, or praying that God's way out there somewhere. And and, and I'm not trying to mock them because I, I understand uh, sometimes where they're at with the Lord, but I'm also trying to coach them in a certain direction. Uh, you know, Andrew Womack and his ministry on his website, they have, you can find a lot of these on YouTube, but there's healing journeys and life journeys and documentaries on people who have received healing from some vicious diseases and whatnot. And all these people, all, something that's very common in all these testimonies is that they found, most of them found a cluster of scriptures. Maybe all the scriptures on healing, all the scriptures on finances, all the scriptures on destiny and purpose, all the scriptures on marriage, and begin to stand on God's word. And uh, uh, God's word will speak to you, uh, but we need to allow God to speak to us. And God will speak to us. He, he can speak to us through our hearts, through people, through nature. Uh, all, he can even speak to a puppy. If he can speak to a, a, a donkey, he can speak to a, a puppy. But God will not, whatever He says, and it's, it's always going to be mirrored by His Word. It's always going to be supported by His Word. And usually, somewhere in there, he, you can find a supporting scripture that you can stand on. You know, it makes it harder for the enemy to steal it from you if you're standing on God's Word. You're so rooted and grounded and established in the Word of God. Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What was he standing on? The faith of God who loved him and gave himself for him. That's what he was standing on. His whole life, his whole ministry that we benefit today from his uh, 13 letters that he wrote to the churches. We 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 benefit from those because he stood on the faith of God who loved him and gave himself for him. He stood on the fact that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to everyone who believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. But faith to faith as a just shall live by his faith. There's so much I said there. There's so many scriptures that Paul stood on. But I appreciate Dave saying that we need to allow God to speak to us. I know we want him to speak to us, yes. but we need to allow him to. And, you know, I, I get I missed it because I had to deal with with uh, little, little Gracie here. But, uh, again, puppy training, so bear with us. We're praying for for God's wisdom on it. Uh, it's like having a toddler in the house. But I want want to bring out, you know, back in Genesis, they didn't have the written word of God. 
Moses wrote it, but he wasn't around yet, uh, the first five books. And I wanted to bring out Joseph because people had a relationship with God, but when you read the Bible, you know, you hear about Abraham, you hear about Noah, you hear about Joseph, uh, even Jacob, who I mentioned earlier, they had a relationship with God, but without the, the written word, yet God spoke to them. He, um, he spoke to them audibly. He spoke to them with visions and dreams. But I wanted to bring out Joseph because Joseph went through a lot, and yet he trusted God, and he held on to the fact that God had spoken to him through dreams, had prophesied, God had, uh, I don't know if God prophesied, but in the dreams, there was prophecy about Joseph's life ruling over his brothers. And, you know, as a young man, young boy, however old he was, he didn't quite understand it, but he knew God had spoken to him. Yet his circumstances changed where he was sold into the slavery, he, he was a, a slave and then got accused of something and got sent to jail. And it looked like he was forgotten in jail. But even as a, a slave, even as in jail, he was faithful to what God had spoken to him. God's word at the time was through these dreams. And so he was the best slave the, the 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 most faithful slave the most faithful uh not jailer um inmate i guess that's the right word because he he just trusted god even in the direst and darkest of circumstances he trusted in what god spoke to him and yet israel was basically through joseph's faithfulness um, became a, a mighty nation and then when Moses came on board and he actually started writing uh, the Old Testament the first five books that you know where we had the, the written word so to speak uh, but by sorry for going in, in a little bit of a circle but my point was God spoke to Joseph. He allowed Joseph allowed God to speak to him through dreams, and he held on to what what God had said. And I wanted to share a verse in Jeremiah that most of us, I, I think, probably know at least verse eleven because it's it's a familiar verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I, I get he goes on and, and yes, this is in, in Jeremiah. So yes, he's speaking. God is speaking that time uh, through Jeremiah. But as Dave was, and Andrew are sharing, God's word isn't just for back then. It's for us now. And when God says that we will seek him and find him and he will be found for us, it goes, to, for my way of thinking, it goes really well with what we've been talking about, about allowing God to speak to us and seeking him in his word and finding him and he's going to speak to us. 
Yes, I think it's cool too because Sherry didn't know I had already quoted that verse while she was outside doing with the puppies. So that's just confirmation there. So you know, yeah, God's good. And so you know, um, you know, let me just say this for some of us who have memorized scripture, or we do know scripture. Sometimes the scriptures that we know so much because you know we um, we we need to be refreshed by them. We need a fresh vision. We need a, you know, I, cause I, I remember growing up reading the Bible all the time to a point where I almost became bored. Not so much because I was reading it religiously. Praise God I was in the Word, regardless of what the motive was. I was in the Word. Praise God for that. But, you know, sometimes we can get so used to what we know that we need to look at it with fresh eyes and fresh, uh, fresh ears. You know, sometimes when you keep hearing something over and over again, you don't hear it anymore. And we just need to have a fresh attitude to receive from God, receive from His Word, and listen. Take heed what you hear. Listen. You know, uh, don't, it, you know, we're not, reading the Word of God should not be a race. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it profits nothing to, to read it through real fast so you can mark it off your list. If you didn't receive anything, it would be better to read one verse or one phrase and get something out of it and chew on it. Like a cow chews its cud. Then it would be to just, it's not a race. Yet there's been times, like, a, you know, a bag of potato chips, I can't just have one. There's been times where I've studied the Word of God for 16 hours. I had to pry myself away from it like sometimes you have to pry a, a teenager away from a video game you know it just I just I couldn't put it down because uh, I'm studying it you know and uh, and uh, and there's been times where I just can't get enough of it you know every Bible even the Bible I have now I've worn out and I'm not trying I'm not puffing myself up my point is we need to have a relationship with it you know I've worn this out like I've worn out my teddy bear growing up you know I just had a relationship with that teddy bear you know, uh, I mean, I rub all that fur off it. It doesn't have any fur left. It just, uh, you know, and, but uh, we need to have a relationship. But it doesn't matter how much I've worn this out if I don't have it here. And I don't have a relationship with it. You know, David said it this way, I've hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, um, when we have a relationship with the word of God, it's going to be hard to sin. It's going to be hard to do things wrong. When this becomes a dominant voice and inspiration and thought and Lord of your life. Yeah, it's just going to be hard to go a different route. Uh, and so, anyway. I yeah. know uh, we have about 12 minutes left, uh, so I don't know where, how uh, how Dave wants to, to lead the, this last bit of time. But I wanted to share, you know, there was a time when I, I read the Bible uh, but I was like, well, God speaks to all these people, but he doesn't speak to me. And I struggled with that because at the time I was thinking the only way God speaks is through an audible voice. And I was a little mixed up on how God speaks. And I believe it was Dave um, in our first year of marriage. And I would come to him and, and cry about this. And he reminded me that... God is always speaking. It's just that I haven't exercised my ears to know that which voice was his. 
And so he encouraged me um, to just seek seek the Lord and to to have peace that God is speaking uh, to me and that I do hear his voice. His sheep do hear his voice. They, they know his voice. But I wanted to read in, in 1 Samuel. Um, at the time, the priesthood, uh, they weren't acting priestly. I'll try to keep all that short uh, to, for sake of time. But Samuel was born to, to a, a woman who had not had a child. And she was just devastated about it. But God did bless her. Finally, uh, years, I don't know how many years went by, but God blessed her with a son and she named him Samuel. And she dedicated Samuel to the Lord. So she actually gave Samuel to the, to the priest to raise so that Samuel could be a, a servant of God. And the priests at the time weren't walking with God. They were ungodly, for lack of other words. But Samuel, uh, one night, he heard his name being called. And he kept waking up the priest saying, here I am. You know, I, I heard you calling. Here I am. And the priest kept saying, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Well, this happened multiple times. And finally, the priest was like, wait a minute. Something's going on here. I, I, need to, I, I need to put some stock into this. And so he realized that God himself was speaking to Samuel. It was God saying, Samuel, Samuel. So the next time that Samuel came to him and said, I know who you're calling me. I'm right here. He said, I want you to go back to bed. And the next time you hear your voice being called, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Chapter three. And when Samuel realized through, through uh, Eli, the, the priest, that it was God, and he said, you know, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, God indeed spoke to him and actually gave a word for the people. Um, but... That that was, you know, Samuel had to step out in faith and, you know, take the, the priest's word that it was God. But then, you know, seek after God for the rest of his life. And he, you know, he ministered to so many people. He anointed uh, Saul and then uh, David to be king. Uh, he was a, a he was a mighty man that God spoke to a mighty, uh What's the word? Priest, prophet, uh, Samuel's considered. I'm sorry, my mind just went. Well, Samuel was Samuel. Samuel. Yes. Yeah, he was a priest. He, he was also a prophet. Okay. Well, and he wasn't a priest. Excuse me, a prophet. He, he was a prophet. Okay. Yeah. Um. Sorry, my my point being is that here is someone who did not know God's voice, but when he was encouraged, like, yeah, hey, God is speaking to you. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then he, he became a mighty man. And uh, there's a verse in Samuel that, that said none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. He sought the Lord so much that whenever he spoke, his words were worth listening to. And they weren't mindless, uh, just stupid things that we all can say from time to time. He sought the Lord and he was used by God. 
but my encouragement in sharing this this story of Samuel is if if you are struggling like I did back uh, years ago about is God speaking to me God is always speaking and he's always wooing us to him because he loves his children very much and he is speaking to you so take the verse in Jeremiah that we ended up both sharing in Jeremiah 29 but just rest assured that he will God will himself will teach you to know his voice and to hear his voice when you have that relationship with the word and you seek him now back going back to my testimony I shared earlier I remember in that same conversation later on in the conversation with God that was one of my pet peeves it was one all the years I read the scripture my favorite scriptures were and so and so talked to God and God talked to them and I, I, it was in that conversation. I, I don't remember exactly in what order everything came in, but I, that's one of the arguments I have with the Lord. If we're going to have this type of, if I'm going to seek you with all my heart, then we're going to have a relationship like I've read about in this Bible. In the Bible, either you are who you say you are, or you're not. And, uh, and where I talk to you, you talk to me. I'm not. I could. I, I told the Lord flat out. I just. I'm not interested in religion. I'm not interested. And uh, playing the game. Either I'm going to go all out, or I'm not going at all. I'm not going to do any of this half-heartedness. Uh, you know, I'm just not, not, not that way. With anything. If, you know, either we use it or we lose it. Uh, we, you know, I, either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it at all. I don't like half jobs. I don't like, you know, I've always been that way. Uh, at the same point in time, you know, it's just, uh, um, but my point is I. A relationship with God. Those are my favorite verses. You know, um, you know, one word from God can change your life forever. One word, and uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just I, that's the key. Let Him speak. But some of us never, in one sense, we don't even have an environment for God to speak. And we're so busy listening to everything else but God. Yeah, you might have some, I mean, um, you know, might speed read the Bible, but, you know, that's one book you don't need to speed read. I'm all for reading the Bible through the year from cover to cover, but I'm more, I'm more into you understanding what you read and having a relationship with it and letting God's Word change your life. You know, when we went to Bible college, I mean, they teach us all, they have healing school every Thursday. Uh, they still do. It's, it's online every Thursday. Andrew Womack and uh, and Daniel Amstis, the, the leader of that of that uh, school, um, he just says, "You try uh, hearing the word of God like this. You try coming to Bible college for four hours a day. Here in Colorado, you go five days a week, five days a week, four four hours a day, and try to stay sick. You know your life is going to change if you have a relationship with God and you allow God to speak to you." Um, Anyway, anything else? I was trying to shorten John 17 just because of of sake of time. But that is one of my favorite chapters is Jesus' prayer for all of us in John 17. And he specifically says that he knows the Father and the the Father knows him. And he's talking about the relationship. He's... 
the relationship that that God has that Jesus has with God his Father and it's part of Jesus prayer for us that we would know God in this way and that this is eternal life that we would know God and you know the relationship that Jesus had with his father was so beautiful and he didn't do anything with uh, that was not of God he didn't say anything that wasn't of God he whatever he saw the father do or say he he did and and, and said and it's just a beautiful I mean you can't get better than Jesus being our example as far as relationship and Andrew um, in the first part of this section that we read was that Jesus is the word became flesh uh, in John 1 and to have relationship with the word to have relationship with the father to have relationship with uh, the Holy Spirit you know the, the, these three are are the Godhead God the Father God this the Son uh, who is Jesus and God the Holy Spirit and we're to have a relationship with with all three and I encourage you to read John 17 even John uh, 15 when Jesus talks about invite abiding in the vine you know to me that again speaks about relationship and just how how can we be that tree like in Jeremiah uh, thriving uh, in, in the year of drought uh, but we're thriving because of our relationship with God and we're like a tree by the, the 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 river of water just always green always bearing fruit and it's it's that relationship well there's much more we can get into and we will get into I'm really excited about the part that we, we didn't get into yet uh, in this chapter but we're out of time for tonight so, um, so I'm going to wrap us up and we'll pick it up here next week. We're still talking about effortless change. We're still talking about being God's word. And we'll get into that in a little more detail next week. So let me just pray us out. And then, uh, Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. Lord, I don't know how much we understood. And I know we had some distractions tonight with the puppy. But, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Teach us all. Whether we have been born again for one day or we've been born again for a hundred years Lord we would just all come afresh and learn from you and allow you to speak to our lives through your word by your spirit even through creation and everything else but you allow we would all develop a healthy relationship with you and your word teach us all may it never become stale never ever become boring may it never become just a religion, a book. It's not a book. It's the words of eternal life. Well, we worship you. We exalt you. We bless this week. Uh, all who are listening, wherever country they might be, uh, wherever they might be at, we just bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as we talk about the, the Believer's Authority. Okay? And then... Uh, We'll talk to you soon. All right. Blessings.